Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. I'm here with my sister, Allison, from Milwaukee Ghost. How you doing, Allison? Oh, hi, Mike. I'm doing great. How are you today? Fantastic. I feel like I just saw you this weekend. <laughs> you did. That's because you did. That's because we did. We were at the Chicago uh, Paranormal Convention, uh, the Chicago Paracon, uh, over this weekend, and we had a really good time. <laughs> yeah. And who also was there was was Wendy, and Wendy uh, was out on a long run right now. She didn't make it back in time, so she's gonna be call. She's gonna be calling in. Wait, we got. She had a paranormal experience. We, what I think happened to Wendy is missing time, I, or something like that, or or like a like a time slip. You know, she she like crossed into another dimension, but really she just ran so far that she got lost. <laughs> Like, and that's what happened. I don't know where I live anymore. But you know, we really had fun at uh, Chicago Ghost Con. Yeah. Uh, met a lot of nice people. A lot, you know, just a lot of new blood as far as investigators, which was really, really fun. And and I got a little taste of fame, too. <laughs> like, I had had it. How do you feel? About, how did you get your taste of fame? Okay, so I have these uh, Mothman YouTube videos that I've been doing, and apparently someone has been watching them because I had a, a couple of incidents where, where people were like, hey, is Allison here? <laughs> because I've been watching her videos. Oh, there and you go. I had another experience where I met someone at the booth, and, and we were talking about the Mothman, and she's like, wait, wait, are you Allison? I've been watching your videos. <laughs> I was like, that's great. I know, awesome. right? Well, that's it, Alison. You are now famous. famous. <laughs> well, very good. Very. It was really fun, and you did an ex- you did an excellent job on the panel for the Chicago Mothman that was moderated by our friend uh, Scott Marcus, and also uh, yeah. Jay Pachochin, who's been a, a frequent guest on the show, uh, was on the panel, and, and you guys did a great job, and that I think was really fun. And, and Wendy and I got to have a really awesome set on Saturday night and gave some of the people there a sneak preview as to what we'll be doing at the Milwaukee Paranormal Convention uh, this Saturday night at the Jabberwockies Ball. And that's that, now we got to bring in our man from Milwaukee, and that is the freelance writer and adventurer, as well as the director of the Milwaukee Yay, Paranormal Conference, T. Krulos. T, how you doing today? Hey. I'm great, great. Always, always a pleasure to be here. I think this might be my third yes. time on the show, and it's always great talking with with both of you and Wendy. Yes, I enjoy it. A and lot. as soon as Wendy uh, gets dropped off by the aliens she was abducted by, she will join us. Yeah. So we'll have to ask her. We'll have to be like, "What happened up there?" She has like a Travis Walton experience. Um, so, T, last time we talked to you, you were the monster hunter. You were on the trail with all the monster hunters. Monster hunters. Wasn't that declared? What kind of award did it get? I don't want to butcher it, so I want you to say it, even though you're going to be blowing your own horn, but you should blow your own horn because it's a, this is a really big horn on this one. So let us know. So what was the award that you got for Monster Hunter? Well, um, I mean, it got a couple of honorary mentions, which was great, but the one that meant the most to me was that uh, Lauren Coleman, who, uh, as we know, is a, a guru of cryptozoology, um, he does a roundup mm-hmm. every year where he 
gives his uh, best books with the cryptozoology theme. Wow. And uh, he gave Monster Hunter's number one spot uh, the year it was published. So that was quite an honor to me to uh, be recognized by him. You know? And, um, I would say. I wanted to let you brag on that for a second, because when, <laughs> when one of the world's top cryptozoologists says that your book uh, really hit the spot, that's something that's a, that's a recommendation to everybody, that you should go check this one out. Yes, uh, and he, he not only uh, gave it that award, but he said that the chapter, there's a chapter uh, of the book about him and his cryptozoology museum. He said that that chapter is required reading for anyone who works at the museum or volunteers there. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, how do you like that? So you wrote the, you wrote <laughs> right, the monster right. manual, <laughs> right? So the D and D guys have nothing on you because you wrote the actual monster manual. Okay. Now T since then, what have you been up to uh, since the last time we talked? We kind of want to get a, just to update us to see where you are in your paranormal adventures. Well, um, so monster hunters was published in 2015. I turned it in and like I do every time I turn a book in, I was pretty sure my publisher would fire me and that my career <laughs> would be over <laughs> so that's the life of an adventurer uh, so i sent the book in i actually went down to chicago and, and handed it in in person which is always a great experience for me i take the amtrak down to chicago and then i walk to my publisher's office or about a mile away from uh, union station there turned it in and then um, it got published and my publisher was like, what are you going to do next? I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad that this is your response. So <laughs> I pitched them a couple of ideas, and the one that they really liked is I'm now wrapping up a book that has a working title of The End. Oh, man. And <laughs> The End is um, kind of a diverse – the subject matter is a little bit more diverse than my first couple books, I think. The only common thread is um, people's ideas about how the world will end and how some people are trying to cope or prepare for that. So I'm talking to everyone from people who have a religious prediction of how the world will end to climate scientists, uh, preppers, um, you know, and various other groups that just kind of have this apocalyptic theme to it. Now, when you're talking to people who have that idea that the apocalypse is coming soon or that the world's going to mm -hmm. end or, you know, blah, 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 we all going to die. Uh, when you're talking to people like that, how do you approach it in the way that, because the thing is, I'd be afraid that when I ask somebody the question, you know, I'd be like, okay, so you yeah. really believe this? Like, hmm, really? Like, how do you not make them feel like a nutbag when you're asking them delicate questions? <laughs> uh, something I developed a long time ago is I have a really good poker face. So okay. I can talk to people with the craziest ideas in, in the world, and I, I keep in the back of my mind that they are giving me their time, and uh, I appreciate that, you know? And, you know, some of my ideas are probably kind of nutty themselves. So I just, you know, I keep a straight face. I uh, go into journalism mode and listen to people talk. And I'm like, okay, you're... you're you're t telling me. I'm not telling you. So go ahead. Let it loose. <laughs> well, that's cool. And so where has some of the research and journalism for this particular book taken you so far? Ah, many places. <clears throat> um, that's one of the things that I really love about writing my books is that 
I get a book advance from my publisher, and then I invest that money into traveling around, meeting people. So you invested wisely. You don't do the my method. Be like, okay, take just take a vacation and party or whatever. And be like, hey, thank, thanks to the advance. Like I, I'll figure out the rest when it comes. So you actually use it. You actually use it wisely to go to the places and talk to the people as it's meant to be done. Well, and it's fun, you know. I mean, I, I well sometimes, I, most of the time, I think all the trips that I've taken while writing my books have been an enjoyable experience for me because I do like to travel, you know, and experience new things. So, yeah, this summer has been, because now I'm on a deadline crunch, so I'm like, you got to do it now. If you're going to do it, you got to do it now. So I've been uh, doing a lot of travel over the summer. Um, the first trip that I took was in June. I went to something called ZombieCon. So there's this really cool group that um, I really like, and I'm actually a card-carrying member of. Uh, they're called Zombie Squad. And uh, Zombie Squad started, oh, I believe it was about 10 years ago. And it started with a couple of guys in a bar who were drinking and watching a zombie movie. And they're like, these people were such idiots, you know? We've all seen these horror movies. People are running up the stairs when they should be running out the front door, you know? And they're like, we would have survived this so much better. And that kind of snowballed. And they started this group called Zombie Squad that started in St. Louis but uh, expanded to chapters in many different cities. And um, they basically like talk about how they will survive a zombie apocalypse. But they don't actually believe that's going to happen. They think that it's a good metaphor. <laughs> they think it's a good metaphor, though. If you're prepared to survive oh, that's a zombie a good, that's, apocalypse, that's a good thing. then you're going to have skills that will help you if you're in a situation like Hurricane Irma or you know a mass riot or some yeah. sort of other disaster where you will need some basic survival skills. That's great. I think that's fair too because that whole idea, I mean the like what happens when the grid goes down? You know, what happens when you can't leave your house? What you know, and I, I think the a really good movie um oh, I can't remember the name of it now. But there's a really good movie from maybe about almost 20 years ago about the power going out in a small town or like a small neighborhood in California and what happens when just the power goes out and maybe it's the zero effect or something oh I'll have to look it up I feel like such a dumbass but the whole idea is that everyone is so woefully unprepared for just being without the basic necessity of electricity that without electricity you know we we would start to turn on each other and I read I actually read a very frightening book by Ted Koppel it's called Lights Out and he talks exactly about that, how the um, electric system is kind of fragile, actually. And if something like really messed it up, we would be in bad shape pretty quickly. Um, so anyway, Zombie Squad has this annual meetup. And I love this. Instead of your typical convention, you know, like you just went to a convention, there's a hotel and all this. Their convention is on this sun-scorched, bug-infested mountain in Missouri that you have to, you know, kind of <laughs> jump rocks across a river and then climb up a mountain to get to. Um, and they they, nice. they do some workshops up there. They make you earn it. Yes. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's a, it's an adventure just getting there. But wow. um, that sounds fun. They have workshops. They have like, uh, they had something called the Zompocalyptics, <laughs> which is uh, like throwing 
throwing axes and knives and spears at like zombie targets. <laughs> oh, yeah. like in the Olympics. Yeah. That is so great. Yeah, the, the, the apocalyptics. Yeah. And so when they do that, though, like they... They use a dummy, right? They don't have, like just have somebody in like a bulletproof jacket or whatever. <laughs> yeah, this is a target. Target. Yeah. And I remember one time, actually, one of my friends was living in Milwaukee, and he's always been kind of a, a, a prepper guy himself. And uh, I, I went, I went downstairs at his house to like go get something. Like I think he had a beer fridge in the basement. I go downstairs. Is this Brett? <laughs> he will, he will remain, he will remain anonymous. I know who it is. <laughs> because he will remain anonymous, but he had uh, like a dummy with like throwing throwing stars embedded in it, you know. And I'm like, "What's this?" And he's just like, "Well, that's just my practice dummy for when I'm practicing my my ninja stars, and or like or like when I'm practicing throwing knives." So was it this kind of thing, like they're yeah. practicing throwing knives at the dummy, or practicing throwing maybe yeah. not maybe not ninja stars because I think that'd yeah. be a better way to fight zombies. Oh than that no ninja stars but there was throwing knives so that's great okay excellent yeah and how did you get to do that t yes oh yeah i what i found is did you get any headshots well i what i found was uh, i'm very bad at throwing axes axes uh, not good (laughs) at throwing knives Uh, my strongest weapon was the spear i did pretty good with that Uh, how about did you did you get to shoot anything they have like a, a a firing range um they did have a field trip to a shooting oh, range. Great. I did not go on that. I did not go on that. I was uh, busy doing other stuff. I think that that time. is so much fun. I um, had one experience with a a range like that, and uh, and and my first my first shot like right right between the eyes was. I Wait, was really no, proud of you myself. You guys, you guys at home don't understand this, <laughs> but this is coming from the five foot one vegan peacenik. Allison, who wore like who wore like a button. Well, I remember in, like on her jean jacket in, in college. She had a, like a button that said like meet "Remember Hiroshima" and "Meet as Murder" and all these <laughs> and all true. these kind of things like hate breeds no ignorance breeds hate breeds fear breeds war like a circle thing you know like and she used to have these buttons so her talking about i had this really cool experience at a shooting range where i shot a gun and like killed something right between the eyes (laughs) i was it was just my it was one of those targets you know those black and white targets and it was just a thrill to pick up a gun for the first time and you know, you get you get them right in between the eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like getting a hole in one in golf when you yeah, first shot. Yeah. You know, I just it felt is, like very fortunate. So I you got found, skills. Let me you just found say a that. Secret Don't laugh at me. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm formidable. You just watch out. You know. I'm all right. All right. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. So. Uh, the th- uh, number one, the movie is called The Trigger Effect, and it stars Cal McLachlan and uh, Elizabeth oh, yeah. Shue when she was still a thing. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's called The Trigger Effect, and that kind of, it's one of those things of what happens when the power goes out. And I, I also always think of the monsters are due on Maple Street from the Twilight Zone episode. Oh, um, yeah, the power goes out, one. and then everybody starts to starts to think and we've talked about that before i think we even uh wrote a song called about that when we had our interview with martin walsh and the papa bala uh in that people when they're afraid they just start doing things to each other you know and i think what the zombie squad does that idea that if you are prepared for an emergency maybe you won't be so afraid and there's a less of a chance that you will have to actually throw an axe at your friend like like you had to throw your spears t hey and guess who's here Yay! 
The aliens dropped her off. And it, it doesn't yes. look like any of your clothes are inside out. Oh, man. And I ran through Belleville, so I was in the danger zone. I was in a high-risk <gasps> area already. That is that, that is one of the UFO capitals of Wisconsin. That's right. One of the two UFO capitals of Wisconsin. No, it's actually How's three. How's everybody doing? The one's in a bar. So that one doesn't count. Wendy, it's good to see you. Yeah. We're glad the uh, the aliens dropped you off at home. Thanks. I am too. It was uh, touch and go there for a little while, but good to see everybody. You don't have your eye hanging out but on the so. optic nerve. Okay. That's a good thing. Wendy, while you were gone, uh, we were talking about T's experience at ZombieCon. Yeah. Awesome. And, and, and Zombie Squad. Yeah. Oh, and this is this is a really good uh, chance for you to mention too. Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. So Zombie Squad has a local Milwaukee chapter. And uh, I've gotten to go to a couple of their meetings and hang out with them. They're very cool people. They are going to be tabling at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. Oh, that's great. And they are giving a discussion in the workshop room. Uh, it's called Pre- Prepping for the Unknown, uh, 11 a.m. till noon. And they're going to talk about ways that you could survive a zombie attack or if you're attacked by Bigfoot in the woods, like what type of things you should do. It's kind of a paranormal themed prepping session. So um, I'm I'm really glad that they'll be there and um, they'll have information about the group at their table if people want to check it out. Terrific. So yeah, Zombie Squad. Um, did, did they ever put out any books? Because I feel like there might have been a book that I got for you, Mike, as a Christmas present. Oh, did, they did not put that book out. I think I know what book you're talking about. Maybe it was that one written by Max Brooks? No, it, it, okay. actually, um, it's a children's book. It's called mm. She's Not Your Mommy Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. you did. You did get that. Oh, and no. I, I've already, I've already, I've already read that to my daughter. Oh, oh my god! She's not your mommy anymore. It it's just super. It's just a fun thing. And and <laughs> my wife is wondering why sometimes my daughter is extra afraid of her. And you know, I don't know. She's not home. We we, we read books together. Well, books like she's not book. your mommy anymore. It was was uh, done by Zombie Squad. Maybe it's another organization, <laughs> but um, it's great because it's it's just like a children's book. And in fact, I got it from uh, the Milwaukee Public Library when they had their they had their annual holiday book sale, and uh, they have these books from various publishers. There must be like extras. Um, and, uh, so they, they sell like a lot of new books for cheap. So you're getting a good tip here, uh, for your holiday book shopping, but, um, out on one of the tables and these are all children's books, uh, was this book. She's not your mommy anymore. <laughs> I'm like, this really isn't a children's <laughs> book. No one really looked at the, this today. And so, but I snapped it up for 50 cents for, for uh, Mike's Christmas present. Well, you know, oh. it was funny one time too, actually, uh, our guitar player, Ben was over with his daughter and she. <laughs> She saw the book and she's like, she's not no. your mommy anymore. Uncle Mike, will you read that to me? And Ben's, Ben's sitting there. He's like, like giving me the, like the, you know, the, the, the finger across the neck. No, I, I think so, um, Zombie Squad, their, their two biggest media hits, they haven't done any books, but their two biggest media hits were History Channel did a really good documentary about zombies, uh, kind of tracing the origins of, of zombie stories. And, and Zombie Squad appears in the documentary talking about their group. And it's a really good documentary. I forget the name of it. I think it's just called like Zombies, a History or something like that. But I, I highly recommend it. And then they were also, um, did you guys see Dead Snow? Oh, yes. At all? Yeah. Okay. They made a Dead, sequel. Dead Sno- they made a sequel called uh, Dead Snow 2 Red versus Dead. And it's about... Uh, Russian zombies versus German zombies. And there is a fictional portrayal of Zombie Squad in the movie. 
they're portrayed kind of as nerds that have like a headquarters in the attic of their parents' house. But then they show up and they completely <laughs> kick ass and destroy all the zombies, despite being total nerds. So um, it's a really awesome. fun movie. And uh, it was Zombie Squad approved. You know, they actually talked to the directors um, quite a bit about the portrayal. Oh, and wow. then at a zombie. Oh, that's awesome. The world premiere actually happened um, at Zombie Squad on top of this mountain in Missouri with a gas powered generator. They, they got to see the movie first before anyone else. In the world. That's fun. You know, one of the cool things about the Milwaukee Zombie Squad is one of the members there, uh, Chris Cotterba, actually, uh, I went to high school with him. He was a year ahead of me. He played guitar and, and stuff, and I think we even jammed a couple times. But he gave us a ghost story for one of our episodes a couple years ago because uh, he lived above oh. this restaurant in McQuanago, Wisconsin, where everybody would take their dates for homecoming and prom and stuff. And they had, he's like, man, that was the most haunted place I've ever been in my life. And I always heard stories about oh. that restaurant and living <laughs> above it. He had, you know, a dozen stories. And eventually, I think within the last year, it burned down and somebody died. Creepy. So, you know... Yeah, scary, scary, weird place, and now you know, cursed even more. Anyway, on, on that light note, <laughs> so uh, so T, so ZombieCon sounds like it was it was a heck of a yeah. lot of fun. And um, what were some of the other cool places that you got to investigate? As now you're going through and you're meeting everybody who's getting ready for quote unquote the end. Yes. Uh, well, the next trip I did was in July. It was a weekend trip in Ohio called Escape the Woods. And um, it was a weekend led by kind of a well-known survivalist named Creek Stewart. Um, and people camped out, and him and his co-instructors like just taught you how to survive out in the woods if you had nothing at all. How to build fire, how to filter water, how to build shelters. You know, um, stuff like that. So, were you guys naked, like naked and afraid? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, not quite like that. But okay, well, fine then. I went... <laughs> you can imagine it any way you want. Mike. It's a free country. Right. So it was a very interesting weekend. I, I learned like how to make um, a fire with a guitar pick and a magnifying glass. <laughs> oh my gosh, you totally gotta teach us that. Yeah, hey, we could was... use that trick. Yeah. yeah, I want to do that on stage. And um, it was, yeah, it, we learned how to build traps. Like if you need to build your own traps to like, you know, catch an animal to eat because you're starving. And um, it was interesting. And then let's see. Oh, okay. So this is something I've been meaning to set up for a long time. Uh, me and my friend Paul had this whirlwind trip to Kansas and back um, just a few weeks ago. Just like Dorothy. <laughs> yes. And what it was is, I've always been fascinated about this place. Um, this guy named Larry is a, a, developer, a developer, and what he did was he um, bought an old Atlas missile silo, oh. and then he converted it into an underground condo complex. Awesome. It goes 14 floors deep. Um and they're very nice little condos. They cost about $3 million each. Um, <laughs> and That's the scariest part of this whole thing so far. <laughs> and there's, I think there's 12 condos, 10, wow. maybe 10 condos in the building. And then the other levels, he put quite a bit of thought into this. Because if you're going to be trapped underground, you're going to want to have a somewhat normal human experience. So, for example, 
one of the levels is a little um, convenience store. And you can get a shopping cart and you can walk around and get Windex <laughs> and cleaning supplies and canned food. And it's not because this guy is hoping to make a few extra bucks on grocery sales. It's because a psychologist who advised him on the project said, you need to give people something to do that's normal, like walk around and socialize in a grocery store and, and look at stuff on the shelf and be like, I need this. I don't need this, you know? Wow, because it's like nothing going on upstairs in the rest of the world. We're just uh, going uh -huh. on doing our daily business <laughs> they, here. Are they going to still like, you know, have like apocalypse <laughs> yeah, coupons? <laughs> Another level. <laughs> right. Like a radioactive special or something uh -huh. like that, you know? I'll tell you where, where I would be hanging out is level 14, which is 14 stories uh, deep. And there they have a very nice little movie theater with a bar attached to it. hey Okay. It's a, a bar that's airplane themed for some reason. There's a lot of photos of like ah. World War II airplanes in it. Oh, I thought like Airplane and, the Movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you could watch Airplane <laughs> the Movie in there. They have like 5,000 movies that they have like in, a, in their system there. It's a very nice little theater and uh, an adequate bar. There's another level that has like uh, a rock climbing wall and a little dog park. Um, like it's AstroTurf and the AstroTurf, you know, if the dog pees on it, it kind of filters through. And uh, they have a toilet in there so you can flush dog waste. Um, they've got a little arcade room with Pac-Man in it. I was happy to see that. Yeah, Pac-Man will survive <laughs> the apocalypse. <laughs> and well i mean there's a room that's kind of or a level that has a library and a little classroom where people can homeschool their kids so every condo unit in this building by the way has sold out and uh people do not live there but definitely he says um that people like they had a, a football party a couple weeks ago uh, a bunch of people came in to use their condo for a football party eight stories under the ground they have some. They have full-time staff. They have a full-time security guard on the premises. They have a full-time maintenance person. What I'm wondering about, though, is what kind of medical facilities they have. Because what I'm thinking yeah. about is that when you have a 14-story underground kind of thing, mm -hmm. if somebody gets malaria, I, I, I'm just throwing it out here, but malaria or smallpox, something really dangerously <laughs> communicable, then we're looking at a silo full of zombies pretty yes, fast. They, they do. They're actually... They have a medical wing. Um, it has four rooms in it. Uh, it has a pharmacy, which is actually let, registered as a pharmacy in the state of Kansas. They have um, a dentist's office. They have a, a checkup room, you know, with like the, the beds. You can sit in there and be examined by a doctor. And then they have a kind of longer term hospital room, which is where they're going to put you up if you have, you need a, a long term stay there, you know? Is there a slide that goes right up from there to the outside? <laughs> uh, like the death suit? You're contagious. I think the, the, the one thing that I, I thought was kind of, well, there's a couple things. The things that kind of made me nervous in this condo building, they have three armories. So uh, it, they're like rooms full of machine guns and wow. pistols and stuff. I was like, I don't know. This is kind of making me feel weird seeing all these guns. Yeah, if anybody in there turns against well, the rest of the people. Lost their mind, you know, and breaks into the armory. Right. And then the other thing was they actually, they have a jail cell in the condo. So if someone, like, does lose their mind, then they can be locked up in this, oh, yeah. like, 
Standard oh, one room cot and toilet jail cell. Send him to know? the brig. Scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, I th- actually, that's very humane, I yeah. think, because you you think in most post-apocalyptic societies, you don't have room for rehabilitation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. if if somebody breaks the mores of the group, they either get exiled or they die. Yeah, send them through the um, death chute. They're going down the slide. <laughs> right, out in the death chute. Hey, now this, what this place reminds me of is, did you guys see Land of the Dead? No. Land of the Dead. Yeah. I see that one. Land of the so Land of the Dead came out in 2005. It was George Romero returning uh, to the zombie zombie genre after he made... So he made Day of the Dead came out in 85. And so he Land of the Dead came out 20 years later. And that was his return to the zombie genre. And his social commentary was always a little bit heavy-handed. Obviously, you know, zombies is not a lot of room for subtlety. But Land of the Dead particularly, because the whole idea is that there is a post-apocalyptic apartment building called Fiddler's Green where all the rich people live. You know, and for some reason, money still matters in the post, at least in this part. And so they're kept safe from the zombies. But they also have an underclass of workers that, you know, supports them and everything. And that yeah. just made me think when you said that this place had a full-time staff. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the ultra-rich people paying $3 million a pop. And then, you know, and, oh, and yeah. this is yeah. what they pay. This isn't their even their vacation home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people yeah. it's like, okay, you get your main home. And then maybe have a rental property, <laughs> and then maybe have a vacation home, and they have a doomsday home, like that. That is the ultimate first world problem. So I, that just made me think about that real quick. Yeah. So a good example of that is he sold all the units in this building, and he bought up two more Atlas missile silos because uh, the, there's one that he's getting close to completing in Idaho, and uh, a, a very wealthy woman from New York City. Um, bought one of these units and she said you know what I want I've always been very jealous of my friend she has this um, you know this nice apartment or condo in New York that overlooks Central Park and I've always been jealous of this view that she's had so I want you to make me like a balcony with a huge huge fake window and I want you to record all four seasons in New York City um, so there can be the progression of the city of, of the you know, the city, and I want the noise, you know, I want the cars honking and all that. And um, so this developer was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to tell you this might be expensive. Um, I'm just ballparking it here, but that might be like 60, 70 grand to do something like that. And she said, I thought you said it was going to be expensive. (laughs) Wow. And so she really just wants to be completely oblivious, like, nope, I'm happy. Life is life is normal. Nothing happened out there. There was an there was another uh he showed us yeah. there's a giant freezer in this current condo unit and he said, Well, I there's a very wealthy doctor who bought one of the units and he said, If the end of the world happens, I wanna freeze enough steaks that I can eat a steak every week for five years. And uh the guy was like, Well, we you know we can put a freezer unit in here, but that's gonna be quite expensive. It might be like fifty grand or something. And doctor was like, I'll buy it. That's my donation. I'm buying the giant freezer for my steaks. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Priorities. Yeah. Well, I, and I love it. And oh. that woman made me think of also, um, you know, that, that movie Vanilla Sky uh, with Tom Cruise. It was a, that was a remake of a Spanish film called Open Your Eyes, where this guy becomes a horribly disfigured in an accident. And uh, they give him a choice. They can live his life when he's just ugly, or he can live a life where he's um, like in a dream world where everything's perfect. 
kind of thing. Yeah. And it he he picks. I just ruined the middle of the movie for you, but that's okay because neither neither of the films are that good. <laughs> but like he decides to pick the dream world, and they don't tell you that in the movie. So you're going through it, and you know you see like these little inconsistencies and stuff, and it's mm. not a science fiction film whatsoever. You know until it gets to the twist. Yeah. You know that, and so that that woman made me think about it. She's like, well, like Wendy was saying, that she just wants to be oblivious to everything and wants the world to go on as it was. Like Central yeah. Park still exists. Like somebody's honk. Like somebody besides zombies are honking those horns. <laughs> brains, brains, brains. Yeah, yeah, and and the other units have these kind of neat. They're LED windows, so they look like a normal window, and um, they have a camera outside where. You know, you can, it looks like you're looking out the window outside at the cornfields of Kansas, but you can also program it to show you like a nice beach or a forest or, you know, the Colorado mountains, like whatever you want to look out your window and see, you can program in there to kind of trick your brain into thinking that you're not actually eight or nine stories underneath the ground, but that you're in an apartment where you can look out a window. You're not just looking at the ashtray of what Kansas became. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're bumming me out, Mike, but we well, are talking well, about that, That's another light note if <laughs> we can continue on. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> well, it is. We are talking about it is, the and There is something called Doomer fatigue, which is uh, when people are so upset about the end of the world that they kind of spiral into a bad place. So I think once I finish this book, my plan is I'm going to get some uh, Hello Kitty comics and, <laughs> and go to of, Disney World. Yeah, you know, purge my mind of some of this stuff and read something. Yeah, it's heavy, cute and silly. <laughs> yeah. But what looked up like it was a lot more fun oh, though, was yes. your trip to the, this the, was the Thunderdome. So amazing. Um, uh, there's something that happens every year in California. It happens outside of California City. Which is an interesting story in itself. California City, they were hoping, would become the next Los Angeles or San Diego or San Francisco, you know, major uh, metropolis. But they don't have anything out there but sand. They don't have, like, the nice beaches of San Diego. They don't have the Hollywood glitz of L.A. You know, they got a bunch of sand and a really hot sun. So instead of being a metropolis of millions of people, it's now a city of about 13,000 people. Um, anyway, outside of California City, out in the desert, there's an annual celebration called Wasteland Weekend. And my short description of that is, it's like the Burning Man of the Damned. It's, oh, yeah. uh, it's about 3,000 people all dressed up like they're in a Mad Max movie. Uh, there's <laughs> hey. a lot of gearheads who make Mad Max-style vehicles that they parade around in. They have music. <laughs> um, they have gladiator cage fights. They they do this very interesting sport that's called juggers, which is kind of like footballs, but with a dog skull. Sweet. <laughs> they do they do have an actual Thunderdome where you can sign up, and then they put you on a swing, and you try to knock your opponent off the swing yes. with a giant foam bat. So it's like American um, Gladiators Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. They have like a little village set up that has a. Uh, they have their own radio station. They bring a an antenna out there and they have their own FM radio station there. They have these That's little awesome. nightclubs that are like structures built out of junk where you, you go in there and get a drink and watch a burlesque and sideshow performances and music. 
and it's just such a fun time. Um, it's very, very hot during the day. You need to bring a lot of water. You need to bring some sort of shelter to protect you from the sun. But then at night, it drops to this like perfect temperature. And uh, I remember probably one of the most fun nights of my life was just walking around back and forth in a loop between like the cage matches, the bands playing on the stage, the Thunderdome. One of the nightclubs was called Wasted Saints. That was my favorite nightclub there. They had an atomic cafe, which was a bar like made out of old car doors and barbed wire and stuff. <laughs> and so I was just walking around over and over again. Oh, and then I forgot. This this is one of my favorite parts, too. There's a stage called the Exxon Valdez, which is, I don't know how they got out into the desert, but it is a big-sized ship, shipwreck wow. <laughs> that they dragged out to the desert somehow. And they have like a DJ booth set up in a smaller boat. So they're spinning tunes. And then there's uh, all these kind of sexy ladies uh, <laughs> just dancing on top of the ship. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and there's a huge bonfire in front of it, too. Huge and bonfire. is this, this annual, oh, then? so cool. Yes. Every uh, end of yeah. September it happens Oh, it's end year. of September again. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want it to be like in the summertime <laughs> when they can go. Bummer. Summertime... Did you have to stab anyone for gasoline? <laughs> was Tina Turner there? So, yeah, there was someone dressed as Tina Turner from. from yeah, <laughs> awesome. Great. Great. The costumes, the costumes are just amazing. Hell yeah! So summertime, you'd burst into flames. Summertime, you would not be able to survive out there. Oh, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Darn. It was average ninety to ninety-four degrees at the end of September Ooh. out there. Wow. So summertime, wow. I can only imagine it's hundred and ten plus degrees out there. During the day. Well, that that sounds like it was pretty awesome, T. And you know, we know you've been working on that. That's one in your big project this summer. But your next biggest project is something we alluded to just a second ago, yep. and that mm-hmm. is the paranormal convention that's going to happen in Milwaukee this weekend. Yay! Friday the thirteenth weekend, Milwaukee. So give us give us a little rundown. And also, did any of your experiences? as you were researching the end, affect like how you programmed or how you approached the convention this year? Was it because we, to all these doomsday preppers, we were like, we got to do this because it might be the end of the world? <laughs> better, better party now. That was the Wasteland Weekend message. Is you, better, you better party now because the world might be over anytime. So um, have, some, have some good experiences, which I hope uh, Milwaukee Paranormal Conference oh, will yeah. be. Yeah. Um, it's So breaking it down, Friday the 13th is kind of a party night. We are having the Friday the 13th Fest at the River West Public House, where I work. And uh, this is our third one, actually. Um, I organize it with this awesome performer and tarot card reader named Scully. And she books the talent, and she's very good at it. So we're having some kind of sideshow burlesque performances and then some music performances. And you know, Scully has great taste because every time on Facebook, she posts uh, shirtless pictures of William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, yes, she loves William Shatner. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, later that night at midnight, uh, this is so cool, David Pyre's Midnight Magic Show at the Haunted Brunder Mansion. Ooh, yeah. Um, and if, Ooh, if people listening are not familiar, David Parr very recently was on Penn and Teller Fool Us, and he fooled them. Um, he had a really awesome trick, and uh, he said that he developed that trick because he had broken his leg and was, was laid up for months. And so Penn Teller said, okay, we can figure out your, your trick, but you're going to need to break our legs so we can 
also, you know, have that <laughs> amount of time to figure it out. And, and he did. It was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, um, T, we, we, we had him on our uh, podcast. If anybody wants to hear more about that story, he was on episode 158. So we had a good conversation about him, and it was really interesting to hear how the actual experience was from someone behind you know, the scenes who was on it and not just on it, but like who actually fooled him. Pretty sweet. So he'll be in Milwaukee. That's fantastic. Yeah. Very cool. I think it's really cool. The show's at midnight, you know, uh, on Friday the 13th. Then on Saturday, I decided what to do this year. Um, after I couldn't find a venue, I didn't find a venue for Saturday. I found one for Sunday. I was like, well, you know, what might be kind of fun is we're going to do an activities day where people have a bunch of different options and they can kind of pick and choose. Maybe they want to do one of them. Maybe they want to try to do, I don't think it's possible to do all of them, but you could certainly keep your day really busy if you want to do activities all day. Um, So we're doing things like there is a uh, UFO day at the Shorewood Library. Um, Mark O'Connell will be talking there. I know he's been on the show before. Um, and I think in Chicago, you probably met Sam Maranto. Yeah. Uh, yeah yes, he's, we did. He's a lot yeah, of fun. He's going to be giving you a presentation there, too. That event is free and open to the yes. public. Um, we're doing a, a Bigfoot hike in the Kettle Moraine Forest that is going to be with Larry and Jen Dobke and Sanjay Singhal. And so people are just going to, you know, go for a hike for a couple hours through the woods and hear some of their stories and experiences. Sanjay had a Bigfoot experience in uh, Allison and I, our high school hometown of McQuanago, oh. Wisconsin. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, he, he saw a Bigfoot outside the hotel there, and he wouldn't tell me which hotel it was. He wanted to keep it secret, but it's basically like, the I think it's the Days Inn or the <laughs> Sleep Inn that's in that area because I've stayed there. But I'm just saying I haven't seen Bigfoot there, but uh, he had an experience of a weird, large humanoid uh, approach his room. So I think Sanjay is a Bigfoot <laughs> magnet. So if you go on this hike, you will be attacked by a Sasquatch. <laughs> Guaranteed. Uh, we also have the Milwaukee, this is very exciting to me, the Milwaukee Paranormal Film Festival. Um, this year I handed that off to the guys who do the Twisted Dreams Film Festival, which is a, a horror film fest that they've done the last couple of years. And they've done a great job. It's going to be at the Time Cinema, which I believe is also allegedly haunted. And they have a, a great lineup of a couple of feature-length documentaries, um, including one on Mothman, uh, you know, the original Point Pleasant Mothman. Um, they have a documentary that's been out for a while called Haunted States, um, the first one they did. There is some documentary shorts. There is a short session that are films inspired by paranormal themes. And then there is a film called Wraith, which is a supernatural horror film that was filmed here in Wisconsin. So um, really good lineup, uh, 12 all the way till 9 at the, the Time Cinema. And people can go on the Time Cinema website and buy tickets to the uh, either the films or the, the short sessions there. Um, and then tours, you know, I... You yep. guys are participating in that. So Milwaukee Ghost Tour, Waukesha Tour will be available for people. Let me just recommend the Waukesha Tour. It's solid. <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Wendy, Wendy knows very well because she knows it by heart. That, that's and she's, right. Uh, one of the wonderful Waukesha guides. And unfortunately, Wendy won't be your guide that night because we'll be guiding people to good times at Club Anything. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Um, 
So last year we had a very fun show, The Ravens Ball, and I decided to do a sequel to that this year, The Jabberwockies Ball. So there is um, an Alice in Wonderland theme um, for the evening, but Sunspot's going to be performing. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll be going as the Caterpillar. <laughs> Did I ruin the surprise? <laughs> well, there, there, is, there is a costume contest. Best Alice in Wonderland-inspired costume. Uh, is going to win a prize. And the costume contest last year was awesome. There were some really impressive entries. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. 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 I was humiliated with my co- my costume was like I thought I was <laughs> I, I thought I was putting on pale makeup and ended up being silver. So it's like, "Hey dudes, I'm the <laughs> I'm the spaceman." Hi. Yeah. You were like the zombie version of the tin man. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm the spaceman. What a dope brains. <laughs> Um, and then we got, you know, Astral, Sub-Astral is a band, and they're giving sort of a music, a one-song musical performance where they're going to do a performance of the Jabberwocky poem. Wow. Um, which, uh, I, they showed Ooh. me a video from their practice, and it's really cool. It's kind of like a, a Latin jazz version of the Jabberwocky. Wow. Is the best way I can describe it. Lewis Carroll did not see that one coming. <laughs> Um, and we got some uh, Tamarind Tribal Belly Dance are going to re- return. They oh, were at yay! The, the ball they're last so year. freaky. I love them. Yeah, yeah they're really they're really great. I'm I'm really glad they're returning. Uh, <laughs> the Milltown Kings are a drag king group, and they are going to do a performance of the Walrus and the Carpenter, which is a poem <laughs> from Alice in Wonderland. Oh yes. So wait, drag kings. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Girls are dressed up as guys. Yes. Okay, just make it. I had never heard that expression before. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I usually, I when I'm usually hanging out with life, people, because really? uh, I usually hang out with the guys that dress up as girls. <laughs> uh, Milltown Kings. Uh, yeah, they they've been a performance group now for oh a long time. I'm gonna say over ten years, maybe more like twelve or fifteen years. Um, they they usually well, perform that sounds at like Beermar Theater here in Milwaukee. Um, and then. Wow. Rounding out tonight, uh, we have the, the Pirate Twins is the name of the DJ duo, and it's DJ uh, Lady Scary Sarah and William Faith, and they are kind of uh, well-known as goth industrial DJs in Chicago. Um, they have a pretty good following there. So they will be up there, and people can dance like they're parting fog out on the dance floor to some... Good tunes. Good spooky tunes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty awesome lineup. I mean, that's a lot. Well, it's of like the whole it's like the whole party. city is being taken over. Uh, or the whole southeastern Wisconsin is being taken over with a paranormal party uh, for Saturday. So if you guys are anywhere anywhere near that, get your ass out. Yeah, and, and people should go to our website, MilwaukeeParacon.com. There is a schedule tab. And if you scroll through the schedule, there's links to where you can buy tickets to the individual events including the main main conference and some little blurbs that will um describe you know i don't even have time to go through everything there there's there's a lot going on there's a a forest home cemetery tour in the morning there is uh, our good friend kat defala is an author and she is hosting um a coffee meetup at anodyne coffee here for people interested in writing um paranormal inspired fiction so it's this kind of you know you can Sit down, have coffee, and meet fellow writers, and, and talk about your ideas and your projects and stuff like that. So a lot of cool events going on um, all day Saturday. Check out the schedule tab 
on Sunday, what do you think are a couple of uh, highlights from the panels and the, the presentations? Like, so the, the, the Paracon this year, what's kind of new that you're excited about? Yes. Um, Sunday is our main conference day. We're returning to the Irish Cultural Center. Um, it is going to run from 10 until 5. We've got uh, the, uh, the main speaker room, like did last year in Hellamore. We're doing the Paranormal Pub Series again in the basement bar. We have um, a workshop room on like uh, the ground level. And then this year, we're also utilizing there's an upstairs space. And that's going to be our second vendor room. And also, we're going to have a food vendor up there. So um, we're making full use of the building this year. And uh, lots of cool stuff. Um, we're keeping it pretty local um and a lot of familiar faces returning like like allison yep um, i'll be starting it out and allison what are you gonna t- what are you gonna talk about this year well um this year you know so every year i talk about milwaukee fortiana but Yay. this year is a little bit different in that you know i'm gonna be um giving you some great paranormal stories but i'm going to be giving you some stories that are associated with researchers that have gone before us, because I think it's really important that we learn, um, you know, who went before and and what what they were able to discover. So we, we don't lose their research. So uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, investigating, you know, over the years, uh, and and found found people that that really inspired me, and and that everybody in, in in Milwaukee should know about. Well, give us an example, Allison. Who who inspired you, and give us a quick weird thing about them. All right. So so uh, this this summer, um, I went um, to uh, Atlanta because uh, Don Miller who um, was actually a professor at UWM, uh, was also very into the paranormal. And just like I do now, where, you know, I go around and I do um, talks, uh, paranormal talks. He used to do them back in the day, uh, in the in the 70s and 80s. And um, he made a lot of amazing discoveries. Uh, he was also uh, uh, part of uh, uh, the Horicon investigation, uh, the haunted horicon investigation that that we know of from our childhood, um, and and actually, I have a slide of the haunted bunk beds that go with that story. You know, if you if you watched um, unsolved mysteries, that that seminal uh, ghost episode, uh, they talked about uh, the haunting at the horicon marsh um, of a of a uh, young couple's house, and um, and. It turned out to be the bunk beds that that brought the ghost in, apparently. And um, you can see uh, the screen capture of you know what what uh, the unsolved mysteries uh, believe the bunk beds look like. But I have the slide of the actual bunk beds. So, well, so what was so evil about the bunk beds? Were like, <laughs> they were like, they were cursed. Like the ghost, the ghost went along with them. You know, it was one of those cursed objects. So did they get them from a? a- like, what did Don find about the bunk beds? Did they get them from just like a... It was resale. It was a resale bunk beds. Yeah, resale bunk did beds. Did he go into and find out like where they were originally or something like that? Or like they bunk beds in like a like an orphanage where kids Ooh. were horrible oh, to yeah. each other I, or I abused? Don't if, I don't know if, if they were ever ever able to really track that Ooh. down. But um, I will check into that and let you know what I find. But uh, yeah, there were so many amazing paranormal researchers that we've lost over the years. And and I think it's so come yeah. to Allison's come to Allison's presentation right. because you will see pictures of bunk beds. <laughs> well, no, you're gonna learn stories from the past that are really really weird, 
And you're also going to learn about the investigators who um, brought those discoveries to us. Okay, that sounds good. So make sure, what time is that, Allison? 10. Oh, we're probably going to start a little bit a, a little bit later than 10. Um, we're going to do doors at 9.30, okay. and we'll probably start at like 10.15, I would say. So people get a chance to get through the okay. door. Okay, so 10.15 in the Hallamore. Mm-hmm. And go, go to church early on Sunday, everybody, so you can get there by 10 yeah. o'clock. Now, T, are you presenting well, all this year? It's like, it, it, used to, it used to be a church. So why go to church? Just there come you to go. the Hallamore, which, which was once the Grand Avenue, Grand Avenue Congregational Church. It's beautiful. And you can even sit in a pew while you hear Allison talk. Yes. Yeah, so it, w- <laughs> it will be like a religious experience. Yeah. It, now, T, are you presenting it all this year? Um, I am not giving a presentation myself. I'll be emceeing. So um, I just wanted to focus on doing that this year rather than doing a presentation. Um, so some of the other people we have returning, <clears throat> Noah Lee is giving a talk. Linda Godfrey is giving a talk. Back to Bray Road. I'm interested to, to hear what that's about. Yeah, because it's um, 25 years now or whatever, right? Yes, Isn't it, yeah, it's the yeah. 25th anniversary this year of the Beast of Bray Road, so Linda's going to come out there. We already we talked to her this summer about it, and we know that she just has enough stories where she could fill the entire conference just by, you know, just by herself. Yeah, I'm very excited to have her back, of course. Mary Marshall's going to be back. Here's some new people we have this year that I'm excited about. Uh, Dale Kazmarek. Um, I wanted to have Dale mm-hmm. last year, and it, it, it did not work out. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's giving a presentation on ghost photography. And for people not familiar with him, Dale is one of the OG ghost hunters. He's been doing this a long time. Uh, he started in the late 70s. He um, is the president of the Ghost Research Society, which has been around, again, since I believe the late 70s or early 80s. Um, and he's based out of Chicago. Very glad to have him up here to give a presentation. Now, Allison, I think the first time we that we saw Dale in person, like I hadn't heard of him before, but you had a whole bunch of nice things to say about him. So oh, absolutely. What, what was it about Dale that struck you as either more genuine or an excellent researcher, or speaking as someone who is now an expert on the researchers of the past? Yeah. Uh, well, he's a researcher what, of the past. So what, what did you like he, about Dale? He's a researcher of the past and the present. And uh, Wendy and I hung out with him <laughs> for the, the past two weekends. So, you know, after next weekend, I think we're going to really miss Dale because we like to see him every weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he is, uh, his booth at these conventions it is a veritable library. He's got so many books that he's written. It's really amazing. So it's fun to go and see all the uh, yeah, different Yeah, and he's just been involved in so covered. long and uh, in it so long and, and seen so much. Um, the, you know, that he can, he can lend experience um, to the pursuit. All right. All right. So show up for that one too, you bums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you guys were mentioning earlier the, the Chicago... Mothman, yeah. or Batman, mm-hmm. as it's some called, or the flying yeah. humanoid. Uh, Tobias Wayland, um, very big supporter of the paranormal conference from the uh, Singular Fortean Society, and uh, he's been tracking this uh, case very closely and is going going to give a presentation that talks about um, the timeline of this case and other similar cases. And I'm really happy that he's doing that because it's such a topical subject. This is a, a paranormal event that has been going on throughout the whole summer and is still going on. So he can um, kind of catch us up to speed on the history of this this case and uh, some of the sightings. 
So it's very cool. I'm glad to have Tobias there. Like I said, him and uh, he's actually getting married to his significant other, Emily, on Friday the 13th. Wow, I did uh, not know that. Yes, and um, they've both been very supportive, uh, helping the conference out with social media and design and stuff like that. So we're we're very uh, happy that they're getting married and then spending part of their weekend with us at the Paranormal Conference. They are really wonderful people. We, we, we've hung out with the Singular Freudian Society uh, on many occasions. And the thing is, what I'm looking forward to about the Mothman presentation, Chicago Mothman, is that I hope that Allison uh, and also Sam uh, Marsanto are in the audience um to heckle tobias when he goes up (laughs) because no i know not to heckle him but the thing is you guys have done you've been to all the places sam's researched the ip addresses of where the reports have come from and stuff like that um like i can just imagine like tobias saying something and then being like what (laughs) wrong Wrong. that's wrong (laughs) so i think it's going to be a really spirited q a session and the thing is if and with all those people that i mean tobias has really followed it he's looked for Patterns. He's looked for more of the um, he's looked for the narrative behind it, and and Sam and Allison have really been doing the research. Allison's been going to the places. Sam's been looking at things yeah. from the faces of the moon to the weather reports and things. Like I think between those three people at this conference, you are going to see the most up to date Chicago Mothman business. <laughs> uh, period. Like you, you, this this is the place to get it. And we were mentioning before, uh, our friend Scott Marcus was the panelist, uh, the the moderator of the panel yesterday in Chicago. Our friend Jay Pachochin was on it, and we met some new cool people who were on that panel too. And uh, I really think that getting everybody together for the first time also sparked some ideas that we're going to see the fruition of those ideas uh, at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. Cool. Um, we also, I'm glad to have her up to give a presentation, Heidi Hollis, uh, who actually used to live in Milwaukee, and now she lives in Chicago. Um, she does not get credit for this as much as she should, but there are these entities called Shadow People, and also an entity known as the Hat Man, and uh, those terms originated from Heidi Hollis, who is a uh, UFO phenomenon researcher. Um, so she's giving a presentation on shadow people and the hat man. Sweet. And isn't it unbelievable that all these people come from Southeastern Wisconsin? I just mean like when you think about between, um, Mark O'Connell's book on Jalen Hynek and Heidi Hollis talking about the hat man and the beast of Bray road, like leading cryptozoologist, uh, Linda Godfrey, like everybody's from the small <laughs> area in Southeast, you know, and yeah, right, and and all of us, you know, not to forget, are from this small area in southeastern Wisconsin too. And so, how did this area become <laughs> um, a portal to the other side? Yeah, like yeah, it really. Totally, I think we really do totally. breed weirdness so, out here. So. Uh, it's in the genes. So, okay, so where can people get tickets to this awesome paranormal conference, T? Because I know they're going to want to go. If you're anywhere within four hours and you don't come, uh, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, go to MilwaukeeParacon.com. You'll, you'll see that the schedule is um, it's sticky on the front page of the website. And uh, there's also a schedule tab. And we'll find links um, for the individual events and for the Sunday conference. So MilwaukeeParacon.com is where you can get 
tickets. Okay, that sounds good. And when can people expect to see the end come out? The end. Um, I'm wrapping it up and is going to be out in 2018. Uh, I believe it's maybe a spring release. I'm not 100% sure. Depends on how smooth the process goes. But I am very close to having it done. And like I say, kind of. I mean, it's been a very interesting experience. At the same time, it's been uh, it's been a heavy heavy experience at times. Um, there's some people that I've talked to, like, you know, especially like climate scientists, and you're like, this is really kind of scary. Like, um, how close to a tipping point we really are. Well, what did the climate scientists tell you? If, if, people, if we can give people some kind of uh, tip, <laughs> like what was the climate scientist's number one pick? Was it like don't use hairspray, <laughs> no. drive less? Was it like stop, stop, stop eating gassy foods? No, I, my favorite, uh, my favorite. So he, he's called a rogue climate scientist uh, or a climate scientist. His name's Guy McPherson. I went and saw, he gave a talk here in Milwaukee, actually at the Unitarian Church. And I love them because he was so, he was like, here's my advice. Enjoy your life while you can because you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's good advice in general, I guess, right? And people like kind of, there was a Q&A session. People were like, that's it? And he was like, yep. We're all dead. We're <laughs> that's doomed. all I can tell you. Oh, man. So basically, Guy Ouch. thinks that it's, you know, that it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Yep. He's like, it's way too late. Just uh, enjoy your life while you can, and then the the world is going to boil to oh, death. So, oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, he, he, uh, obviously, that means we should probably try to get one of those silo condos yeah. in uh, Kansas, or maybe the new Idaho one. I, Idaho seems nice, yeah, and if you you're go. underground, you don't have to deal with right. winter. Nuclear winter. <laughs> um, right, especially when it's a nuclear winter. Um, okay, so T, did you talk to any climate scientists who might have been a little uh, more... Yeah cheerful or hopeful oh. or less like we all go die no I, I heard some interesting there are interesting ideas about how you can try to uh, turn the tide which would include like um, trying to reduce the amount of sunshine so maybe firing something up into the atmosphere that will oh. block out the sun sometimes stuff like that um, it's, it's something there's a lot of people thinking on you know um, certainly reducing the amount of emissions would be helpful, but unfortunately, there's not a lot of serious progress. Well, we'll call Elon Musk. We'll have him on the show and be like, Elon, <laughs> will you please save the world? <laughs> and he's like, okay. Hey, but I, I have another question about right. scientists. So you, you talked about climate scientists, but what I want to know, T, is if you were able to locate any evil scientists that might want to bring about the end of the <laughs> world <laughs> like any bond villains oh, yeah. did you run into them uh, in your research i mean i think that we have at least a few <laughs> world leaders who are like bond villains now <laughs> it's kind of like bond villain versus bond villain you know like uh i mean especially mm-hmm. recently with trump versus uh kim john il it's uh, oh, kind yes. of like you're one you're one insult away from me pressing this button. <laughs> Don't make me press the button. Yeah. Rocket Man. I love I love that he calls him Rocket Man too. Yeah. You know, he even yeah, gives yeah. Kim Jong uh Kim Jong un um 
the uh, you know Kim Jong. He even gives Kim Jong Un a little nickname, and uh, it's just great. At least it's great for headlines. Uh, it may not be great for the poor people of North Korea who have to endure a living hell every day uh, in in worship of some uh, despot, and then yeah. we're just gonna blow the hell out of them. Like, kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> man, it's you're bringing this down, Mike. I well, want to it, talk about yeah. evil scientists. <laughs> it's a time. It's a time where a lot of people, I think, have uh, legitimate concerns about. You know the world, the world as we know it, ending. Um, uh, so I think this is kind of a timely book because it's a lot of people have these fears. So I think <laughs> our best advice we can give everybody is save up three million dollars as quickly right. as you can. Yes. So T, fantastic! Thank you very much for joining us today. We always appreciate your time. We encourage everyone to check out the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. Everyone to check out your old books. Monster Hunters, and real-life superheroes. And um, we'll talk more about your new book when it launches. But uh, a lot of fun, and thank you very much for catching us up with the cool stuff. Can't wait to see you next weekend. Yes, yes, it's going to be fun to see you guys at the conference. Always Always a great time just having all of these interesting people together under one roof. Yeah, the weirdest people on the planet live in southeastern Wisconsin. (laughs) So, uh, T, if people want to buy your books, where can they go buy your books? Oh, you can find them um, online. Uh, My publisher is Chicago Review Press, so they sell the books through their website. You can order them uh, pretty easily online, and uh, they're still out there in bookstores, too. So um, just do a Google search. Heroes in the Night and Monster Hunters are my first two books. So, and also I should point out my website, tcrulos.com. Um, it's not always, I'm not always the best at updating my website there, but there is some more information on the books and, uh, I... it, it forwards <laughs> the GeoCities. No, not that bad, but, um, you can read some old blog entries and find out more information about my books on my site. Fantastic. And you can also hear T. Yes. T, you're one of the most frequently uh, returning guests on our show here. You were on episode 25 and on episode 73. So if anyone would like to check those out, uh, they're all available in our archives at othersidepodcast.com. Well, thank you, T. Thank you, Allison. We'll see you both this weekend. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. I remember when I was in college, my roommate, who is now a physician, a well-educated guy, came up to me and said, I really feel like the end of the world is going to come in our lifetime. I feel like something's going to happen to us. Wendy, you ever felt like that? Not really, no. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I just think it's a certain kind of uh, a feeling that people get when they feel like they're here and it's going to be the end of history. And people have felt like that through the ages. And we've had a whole podcast about the apocalypses that never happened. But the thing is, it, it's not just that that people are waiting for. Um, people have always been waiting for life-defining moments and hoping that something can happen to them where they can prove themselves. Or, you know, I think about our, our friend Wendy that um, he was already well out of college and he decided to go to Iraq. Like he signed up to go to Iraq. You know, yeah. uh, like after he'd already graduated and stuff and he was older, not a young guy just going to the army or go, but he, he's like, I'm a Marine. I'm going to Iraq because he wanted to prove something. And uh, that's what this next song is about. It's the feeling of you've always wanted to prove yourself at something, um, but you never really had a chance. And it's, it's a song bemoaning that fact, uh, just like the doomsday preppers are waiting for something that I hope will not come in our lifetime. 
This is Sunspot with Don't Tell Me I Missed the War. You're my heroes around EMTV and they're around A movie screen and they like To eat Wheaties and I Don't trust the president and Hate the government and Been waiting all my life for one defining moment have been programmed for me so they could guarantee my complacency and I still don't trust the government even though it pays my rent and I'm still waiting for that one dividing moment so tell me what to believe and I will follow just tell me what to think I know you're always right for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Oh, uh, we're not done yet. We're not done. we love our page. No. <laughs> no. It's not the end of the world and it's not the end of the podcast. Thank goodness, because we love our Patreon supporters so much. We want to make sure that they know it and we want to do that by saying thanks right now.
That's absolutely right. Because the thing is, if the end of the world ever comes, we hope that you guys are going to be in our 14-story silo underneath the ground. And that's the Patreons. And we'd like to especially thank the guy that's going to get the top level of that silo. And that's Dr. Ned. (laughs) Yes. Dr. Ned is pledging at a level where he gets a customized thank you every episode. So, Ned, thanks for all of your support. And thanks to each and every one of our Patreon supporters. Also, thanks to you for listening to our show. And if you guys want to come up and say hi at the Milwaukee Paracon, uh, Wendy and I are going to have a booth. Allison's going to be there. She's going to have a booth too. And we're just going to have a good time. And we can't wait to have a beer with you or talk about some weird paranormal stuff with you in person. So next is some weirdness. I got scared. I, I, I was on the Badger Trail and there's this tunnel like south of Belleville and I started going into it and it was pitch black and it, uh, come to find out it's like a quarter mile long in just pitch black tunnel. So I started going and then I heard like I heard big wings flapping and like this massive bird went flying out and I, I screamed super loud and then <laughs> I turned tail and I ran back out and then I had to try to find a different route. Yeah, it was super scary. It was like terrifying. But anyway. It was kind of dumb on my part.